When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Here we go. This is The Talkin' Buds Leave Show. When we were last got together seven days ago, the stat that we threw out at the beginning and the stat that has taken Leafs Nation by storm is that they only have five regulation wins this season. And here we are a week later, and that stat still stands. Say that five times fast. That stat still stands. Yes, it does. What do you think about that? I'm kind of, I'm of two minds on this this whole five regulation wins, like, where, is that something that you, like, what do you think about that? How much weight do you put into that? And and people spazzing about it. Um, like, I understand that it can bring some sort of like measurement to how they've been playing in a negative way, but honestly, like for me, like I don't, like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's. At the end of the day, they are playing not their best hockey, but they're getting points. So, I mean, like, how how how, how much could I really look into it? Like, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I get why it's not a stat that's like super impressive, but I'm not. I, it's not like my my number one measuring stick of why I think they're mid or why I think they're not that great. For me, on the one hand. Like, I look at the Seattle game, for instance, and I think that's a game they should have closed out in regulation. That game should not have gotten to overtime. They should have closed that out in regulation. So uh, that I kind of put some, like, emphasis on. Like, yes, you need to close out these games where you build up multi-goal leads. But then on the other hand, like, I look at the people who are pushing this five-regulation win narrative on social media... And a lot of them, in my personal opinion, are Kyle Dubas fanboys who are using that stat to sort of further their own agenda. And I do think there is some validity to the people who are pushing back and saying in any other market, people would be looking at this and would be saying, wow, look at this team. They haven't played their best hockey and and they're in these games and they're battling and they're getting points, like pretty much what you just said. So, like... I would like to see them close games out, but at the same time, I do think a lot of people are pushing, are using this stat to push their own narrative, and I do find it a bit eye-rolly. It's like, yeah, we get it. You love Kyle Dubas. You miss Kyle Dubas. Yeah, but doesn't it just go hand-in-hand with all the problems that they have? Like, why just focus on regular season wins when you just know that things aren't good enough? Like, screw the regular season wins, OT wins. Like, who cares? At the end of the day... They're deficient in a lot of areas, and that that's 
that's going to end up resulting in something. And right now it's resulting in them not closing out hockey games properly or just not getting the job done in 60 minutes. Like to me, just like look at the actual problem, which is like, they're so thin on the back end. They just, their top players have just kind of fallen asleep in some areas of the game. They've got a coach who just continues to be so frustrating to watch. Allow me to um, kick the dead horse one more time. I am so fucking tired of Sheldon Keefe. I was really happy the other night for Max Domi to get his first goal. Like, I felt that silly. And I've just been thinking, like, I know this is really polarizing because there's some people who don't think he's very good. I think he's been a lot better since they moved him to the middle of the ice. And I think he's a guy who they haven't, he hasn't been set up for success with Sheldon Keefe. And I'm thinking, if you're Max Domi, okay? Why? Like, he signed a one-year deal here. And all the reports from the Freedmans of the world were he signed a one-year deal, but he really wants to turn this into, like, a long-term relationship with the Leafs, okay? If you're him, why are you re-signing here? His ice time on Saturday night, 12 minutes, 35 seconds. The guy played pretty well. He can't get out there in overtime because Keefe is just throwing the big boys over the boards. Oh, sorry, correction. Mr. Fucking Galaxy Brain is starting David Kampf on the ice, taking the draw to start overtime. I never understood that. Oh, yeah. my God. Well, you know, he's got him out there because he, he wants him to win the faceoff if they're in a defensive position. Austin Matthews is set to become the highest paid player in the National Hockey League, fucking put him out on the ice to start overtime, and if they get scored on, he can stand in front of the microphones and answer for it at the end of the game like he's paid $13 million to do. But no, let's baby these guys, and let's put David Camp out on the ice. The ultimate galaxy brain. I'm so tired of watching this guy. He just, he does the same thing Game in and game out. I'm so fucking tired of it. And I, I have to watch SportsCenter every night with Rick Tockett, who is taking a Vancouver team that wasn't very good last year and has them as one of the best teams in the Western Conference currently. Yeah. And I got to watch this idiot continue to give the big boys, Austin Matthews, 23 minutes. Mitch Marner, 22 minutes. Max Domi, 12 minutes. Nick well, Robertson, where's he? 11.43 for Nick Robertson. Like, how, like, if you are a bottom six guy, like, Max Domi was playing a prominent role. Everyone, what's wrong with Max Domi? What's wrong with Max Domi? He was playing a prominent role for the Dallas Stars in their playoff run last year. And he was a four, and I'm not saying Max Domi, if you give him more ice time, is going to all of a sudden turn into a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. But what I am saying is you're not setting the guy up for success at 12 minutes a night. And then you have to hear about Stupid. how the bottom six doesn't contribute offensively. Exactly. I'm just like, I'm so, this team is never winning anything with this guy behind the bench. Never. It's it's just the same garbage every night. The coddling of the star players. The, the like, the protecting. Like, I'm just, oh, Like, the, I'm sorry. If I'm Brad Tree Living, I'm calling him into my office and going, if I see David Camp on the ice to start overtime one more time, pack your bags. 
<laughs> babying yeah. a $13 million hockey player. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I've I've been holding on to that one since since Saturday night. Like Jesus, Sheldon. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and also it's not just that. Just look at the way they're playing. Like I know they're not that bad and whatever. Like it's so confusing trying to like make arguments with people because of the whole they bring up the record and they're still a good team. But like everyone who knows watches this team and knows what the problems are. We talked about it last week. We both went absolutely insane last week, but like they are just kind of stuck in mud right now with the way they're doing things. Like why, why wouldn't you want to change? Like you just look like Brad said that he was, he was sick of the inconsistent play. And it's like, can we just like, why'd you resign the coat? Like, can we just do something different? Like it's, it's just like, they're kind of stuck in some in, in mud right now. We know that it's going to result in nothing. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh. You see, I come back to Rick Tockett and the word that I love using on this podcast, galvanize. Every time I listen to our podcast back, I'm like, say galvanize one more time, Rob. Like, the what that guy has done, he's got them, pl- like, they're all bought in. And we sit and we rant week in and week out about this team, like, slow starts. Like, the first period last week against the Florida Panthers, I was ready to rip my TV off the wall. I was just like, are you kidding me? And that's, but if you look back on the history of Sheldon Keefe behind the bench, that's, they've always been like that under him. Always. Like, they they never, they never start on time. They look uninspired for large portions Oops. of games. Their system, the, the, the system that they play, like the, the coming across the middle of the ice and then the drop pass, it's just, I don't know. I'm just tired. I'm so tired of watching it. Start on time even started before Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, it started with Babcock, but yeah. it's like, I don't know. It, it, it's, just, it's so, you have to be a moron to not watch this and go, this team needs a new voice and a new like sort of leader behind the bench. And speaking of leaders, a clip that, was making the rounds on Twitter on Sunday. You haven't seen this clip yet. A clip that was making the rounds on Twitter on Sunday morning was this clip of John Tavares in overtime. So this is Nylander. Someone has ISO'd just John Tavares here. Nylander falls down and coughs the puck up, which ultimately gives the goal, gives the Marchand a chance to score the winning goal. Here's the clip. We're going to play it right now. So here's, here's John Tavares out in the ice. Kind of gets caught up at the Bruins' blue line. And it's just uh, a slow lollygag back into the defensive zone. And Brad Marchand gets the winning goal and the Leafs lose in overtime. So that's your first time seeing that. So what's your reaction seeing that? My first reaction is how long was he out on the ice at that point? Was he out there? Did he, does he have fresh legs out on that shift? I don't remember when they got on, to be honest with you. Um, That'd be number one. Number two, it's just, yeah. Like, I mean, it doesn't look good no. looking at it. No, it's, it's like, it's, it's like the guy's literally just watching from the opposite blue line instead of trying to bust his ass, whether he's going to get there or not is, is irrelevant. Your, really. It's, it's just your rational brain is like what, what you just said, like rationally thinking, yes, he, he, he's probably out there at the end of a long shift. We know that three on three, Overtime is fast paced back and forth. We know that John is not the most fleet of foot guy yeah. in the league. He's probably gassed at the end of the shift. 
But I will say, optically, that doesn't look very good. That looks like... No, it's irrelevant whether... Like, it's just, you got to be busting your ass at all times. And this brings me back full circle to what I was saying earlier. Max Domi and Nick Robertson don't really get much of a look in overtime because he keeps throwing the same guys out there. And you can make an argument that Tavares is a guy that you need to be really strategic with in overtime because of situations like that. He doesn't have the foot speed that late in the game to get back and make a defensive play. He's a guy you probably want out... While, while you're headed down to the other team's zone to kind of come in behind the play and bang in a rebound. But we're not going to give some of these other guys a shot to go out there and do something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I'm going to, this year is going to be probably the most difficult year of all years with watching this team based off the way this season is going. I feel like, because of the way they, I, I just don't remember any other season being kind of like we're we're this deep in. I know they had a rough start last year, but like we're this deep in. Well, they're in the they're same not place. that bad record wise. They're the exactly where they were last year. Yeah, but like it just, I think just an extra year of seeing what doesn't work and it's just still happening. It's just like this year's a punt. I'm gonna say it every episode. Like this year is your, it's fourth down. There's enough time on the clock that you can get the ball back. So instead of taking the chance on fourth and six, you're just going to punt it away. That's what the season is. Like it's, it's like they could, they could go on a nice little streak here. Like say they win like six in a row. Is is that going to make you really, we'll still sit here and complain about things that are happening because in the end, we know that they are just not good enough. So what are we going to do to make them good enough? Number one, Fire the coach. Yep. Number two, some rumors swirling around about improving your hockey team. Maybe, maybe it's time to make a a, well, a, a a serious decision on making some sort of change. Well, they didn't. They didn't get Zadorov. Zadorov goes to the uh, Vancouver Canucks for a third and a fifth, I believe. Which is like that's not a huge price to pay, but it's it. it Friedman reported that. It was because the Leafs needed them to retain some salary, and the Canucks didn't. Uh, he also said they're still very much in on Chris Tanev, who you're, who you're alluding to there. And I think this comes back to like what you're saying here about adding to your team to try and make it better. And, and I, I look at Chris Tanev, and I think, sure, I, I'd love for the Leafs to get Chris Tanev. I'd love, I think he'd be a really nice addition to their blue line. But... Let's not blow our brains out and trade away. Like, it all depends on the asking price. Let's not blow our brains out and trade away assets to get Chris Tanev. When realistically, like, if you have realistic expectations for this Leaf team, they're probably not winning a Stanley Cup this year. This is what you've been saying about it being a quote-unquote punt. Yeah. And the reason why you use the term punt is because this is a team that is supposed to be in a cup window. And when you watch them, they're not, this is nowhere close to a Stanley cup contending. I feel like team. they're, nowhere I feel close. like they finished their cup window and now they're in the point where yeah, they you need have to, to start splitting up your team. But the only problem is, is they've actually had zero success. Like when Tampa had to start getting rid of the Yanni Gords of the world or with another legend who played for them for a while, Palat, 
Like it was like sucks for them, but guess what? They already did their damage and whoop de doo. We, we we haven't done shit, and they, here we are, just kind of like the cup window's over. And it's time to kind of look at the next gen I, version I of this team. Know. You know, I don't. Agree. You know, I don't agree with that. My my opinion of this team's cup window is is Austin Matthews' contract. That's, that's the guy who can't start overtime. Oh well, that's not his fault, man. That is the, the guy who didn't score in eight games, but get, yet for some, but, but yet he's like a, a goal behind in the rocket race. Yeah. Like what a he, weird. I season thought he had a having. way better game on Saturday against the Bruins. He's been really inconsistent. Yeah. I knew he was gonna. I actually put a bet down for him to score that night. Yeah. I feel like he was due but what what a weird year he's having like statistically he's not having a bad year at all but it's just it's all come in he, spurts Hayes Hayes put it the best last week on overdrive when he said that he blends into games that's the perfect way to describe it like yeah. he's he you, you lose track of him sometimes when he's not making a difference out there but I thought he was way better against the Bruins and to me his contract is is their cup window the remaining four and a half years is their cup window, and you've got to do everything you can to retool around that and change your team up going forward to try and be more of a viable cup contender. Because even with, like, one thing that I, I also bugs me is, is people say, oh, you know, they, they're banged up on the blue line. Okay, they're, They've got a lot of injuries on the blue line, which they do. And tip of the cap to William... Legison and Simon Benoit, who've been who've played I think, pretty I think good. Benoit's like been a pretty been pretty decent. Yeah, like, for for guys yeah. who are who for are, who are AHL hockey players, like, they've, yeah, been, they've been they've been pretty good. But to people who who go, oh, they're injured on the back end. It's like, were we not? Did we not spend our our preseason and off season episodes talking about the fully healthy defense core and how it's nowhere near good enough? Yeah, like did we not say that? And again. You talk about oh, not overpaying. Yeah, no one wants to overpay. Who the fuck wants to overpay? I don't want them to overpay. They've already paid enough, and it, it ended up in nothing. So back to my theory of this season being a bit of a throwaway. It's just like this is this is it. You just got to make do, and hopefully they can just play. They can get out of this and play better and show something different. But I don't know if that's gonna happen. And people say, people will hear hear you say that and go, "Oh my god, you're so negative. You guys are so negative." It's like oh, we're not. On. It's it's realistic though. It's we're not being negative. We're being realistic. What, like this year, what year is this? Exactly. This is this is what year, year was year six, year seven, eight. You're eight. Yeah. You're eight. Yeah. Like, like come on. Like it. I, it's year eight. If the, I, and their teams are getting worse. Yep. Like I thought their teams like a couple of years ago were actually like a lot better than they are now, even though they still lacked the same whatever word you want to use to describe not being tough. They still kind of lacked that's that trait and and their personality. But in terms of like the players they're putting out on the ice, like I feel like they're getting worse. And now we're expecting them to like do better. I mean, I guess like the the number one positive to this season is number sixty. Like by far, like the the fact that he's turned into something is like one of the only positives. But I don't know, man. You just turn on every game every night, and you're just expecting something bad to happen. And even if they do do something good, it's like it doesn't it doesn't really rally you up to get in that super positive state of mind that you need to be in. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
the crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Sheldon Keefe dresses Ryan Reeves against the Boston Bruins, and he plays two shifts after the first period on Saturday night. Well, don't worry, Max only only played like eight, so... (laughs) I just, I'm kind of at the point with Ryan Reeves now where it's like, there's, if if that's how, if that's what you're going to do, there's no point in dressing him. No. Like it's, it's a way. Isn't isn't Lucic still dealing with something? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not good. This Ryan Reeves situation is not good. They're, they're, for all intents and purposes, they're shorthanded when, when he's, he's dressed. And the fourth line does look a lot better with Bobby McMahon. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do with this with this Reeves situation. I have no idea. Like I don't see any upside. The guy hasn't had a fight since the second game of the season. Yeah, you're right. He has not dropped the mitts. At he hasn't all. fought anyone. Yeah. Like, one thing you never really thought about is if you're like not up to his like caliber of fighting. Yeah. Like you got no dance partners. No, no, he doesn't. And well, and also he's barely on the ice to get in a fight. Yeah. So. And, and and I think other teams know that. Like, other teams see the way the Leafs are using him and deploying him, so he's out there, and everyone's like, yeah, okay, like, this is probably your last shift. Yeah. And then I don't have to deal with you again. Yeah, no, it's... it's that, that signing's looking like a... That's not... That hasn't been a great signing. Yeah. I, I understand why Tree Living did it, but, man. Until the one game where they're just getting manhandled and we're all going to wish he was on the ice. But, but I mean, but like that, that game really hasn't come. No, it hasn't come. And, and, and to their credit, I do think that they maybe outside of the, the star guys, but like Max Domi has played with a lot more bite to his game. Why? Cause the GM had to go down and tell them to stick up for, for each, each other. Oh, That's yeah. embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> like Noah, Noah Gregor plays with, with some bite to his game. Yeah. Like these we guys, had to, we had to go down and remind a bunch of grown men that they, just well, can't you and I, get punched in the face. <laughs> you and I have you and I have ranted and raved about this. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, you and I have ranted. And tell raved you everything you need to know. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's like the conversation ends there for me. Like, it's had to remind a bunch of professional hockey players to to stick up for themselves and their it, teammates. <laughs> it sounds like it really sounds like you and I are down in the dumps and are negative here, and it's. It's not negativity because we're not sitting here going, fuck this, right? Like, it's not negativity. It's just trying to be realistic and trying to be like, like, this is this is what these four guys are. This is what they always have been. This is what 
they're capable of. These are the games they're going to excel in. These are the games they're not. This is like this is the defense core that is really lacking in talent. This is the bottom six that like it's really hard for them to have an impact when Sheldon Keefe refuses to give them any like anything other than minimal ice time. It's just I just feel like this year feels like we're just going round and around in a circle. That's what it feels like. It's just like here we go. We're on this ride again. They're gonna they're they're at the same point record wise that they were this time in November last year. At some point, like you alluded to earlier, at some point in December, Jan, whatever, they're gonna go on a run and rattle off like five, six wins in a row, and we're gonna get on here and go, oh, look at this, look at this. But bringing in. If in your opinion, okay, let's just say they do it because I think they are. I and I'm kind of worried about what Tree Living is going to give the Flames, but let's just say they bring in a Chris Tanev when fully healthy, and you head into a first round playoff series. What hope do you have? Like, do you have any hope of this team winning a round if you make an addition to the back end like a Chris Tanev? See, my but. What you just said at the end there is what I have the problem with is now I'm over winning around. Yes. Like last, like it, it was so bad that to me, like winning around at the time last year, I'm sure you could go back and listen to our old episodes. I said winning around was a victory. It was. It, it until, was until I saw them get absolutely destroyed in the second round. And then I realized it wasn't a victory. Mm-hmm. I was actually like pissed off more like, it didn't make it feel any better. Like it was nice to like do a couple more pods and watch a couple more games. But to me, but, the only chance you have of going on any type of run come the spring is Joe Wall yeah, going yeah, legend. Yeah. Like that's or, it. Or someone comes in and performs some sort of mental <laughs> fuckery that's just somehow changes everybody's Let's- mindset towards how they play the game of hockey. Like, I I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't see them getting anybody in it doing it, di- making a difference. Like, I think they're kind of just like, they could win around for sure. Like, and they, yeah, like they could do anything. Anything's possible. Like they could win around. Like they, right now they'd probably have to play Florida or Tampa in the first round or they could the finish Florida, it up. The Florida Panthers are, yeah, they're going to get done. A brutal matchup. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking. Watching, that game last week is the Florida Panthers. Like if, if the Florida Panthers just expose all the yeah. Leafs weaknesses, <laughs> yeah, like they yeah, just, true. they're, they're, they're hard on pucks. They, that team four checks. Yeah, they're a damn good. hockey. Oh team. my God. That yeah. team four checks. Like they're the they, least laziest. Hockey yeah. Team they, on yeah. They went They're first on pucks. They win battles. Yeah. They're it. They clog up the middle of the ice. They like, yeah, they get in your face. They got a good goalie when he shows up. Yeah. Like, yeah they, they, their defense is loaded. Yeah. Like look at their D de- put that decor on the lead. That's how they went around. Put yeah. take that decor, put Brandon Montour in a Maple Leaf uniform. Yeah. Like that guy's disgusting. Like he's a, he'd be, bullies them around yeah. the ice. Yeah, it's just like the Panthers are such a bad matchup yeah. for this team. I'll give the Leafs credit. I, I thought as the game went on against Florida, they they kind of got more locked in and started to push back a little bit. But that first period against Florida, they got run well, out of the barn. And Florida played that absolutely wild game yep. the night before, right? The Florida, yeah, against the Senators. Yeah, against the Sens. The Florida Panthers have taken on. So to come back to that clip that we played earlier of John Tavares, he's the leader, right? 
He's got the C on his sweater. Kachuk doesn't have the C on his sweater for Florida, but that team, they've embraced his personality. He went there and he completely changed the DNA of that team. Because if you remember before he got there was the year they won the President's Trophy and everyone was sitting there calling them fraudulent and then the Lightning dummied them in the playoffs and that was the end of that. Yeah. And then they go and get Matthew Kachuk and Paul Maurice, who is hilarious behind the bench telling the refs to fuck off, like left and right. And it's completely changed the DNA of how that team plays. And a team inherits the personality trait of its best players, especially when you're a team like the Leafs, when the best players play half the game every single night. It's actually a really good example because every time they bring in a third liner who is supposed to play with the juice that they're supposed to play with that we want we always kind of like allude to the fact that one player can't really make a difference. Like it's kind of like a team mentality, but when you bring in a player who is all of a sudden your best player and plays like the way he plays, the whole team changed their identity. And then, and then it seemed like their whole team was, it seems like everybody on that team plays that type of style. Yes, like, yes. You know, like, yeah, they it really does him into battle. They follow yeah. him into battle. And, it, it, the proof is in the pudding with the Leafs because, like you just said, like you bring in, like you bring in Nick Nick Foligno, Nick Foligno, like Wayne Simmons. Yeah, those guys can't do shit. Yeah, yeah, like Ryan Reeves. Like, yeah. like you bring in these guys who, who, like the engine of the team is the four guys who all have a similar disposition out there, right? Like none of them push. John Tavares is just like. He well, they're a pulse. Uh, seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously, like honestly, like uh, you, you want to follow that guy into into, <laughs> yeah, into a yeah. war? Are you awake? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, listen, like I don't want to, I don't want to like dump on Johnny. Like he's had a pretty good year, oh, and he's still a really. I still, I still think he's elite, like down low in the offensive zone. Yeah. But it's like, man, <laughs> when you get like, like we sit. With this, I love how. <laughs> I love how whenever you insult John Tavares and you don't want to seem like you're being too much, you always have to bring up being elite down low. You have to. You have to. You have you to. Have to. <laughs> because some someone's gonna yeah, watch this and go, like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, John Tavares is yeah. still ace. Don't look how many yeah, points he yeah. has." And it's like, yeah, I know, but yeah, it's like you just look at the the Florida Panthers are. It's exactly what we're saying. Like that team follows Matthew Kachuk into battle. That team is disgusting. They follow good. Matthew Kachuk into <laughs> battle. The Bruins, like they've got like their their lead. Like the Bruins have a culture. David Pasternak, yeah. Is, it, the Bruins. David Pasternak a, is a way better hockey player than Austin Matthews. Like I'm sorry. The Bruins like, have a culture. When you put that that sweater on, you you, you play a certain way and you adapt to. The Boston Bruin way of hockey. And you've got this organization that has dedicated it to these four guys who all have a similar disposition. None of them like the rough stuff. All of them like the the skilled, pretty stuff. You've got a coach that literally babies all four of them. You've got a front office that probably enforces that he should baby all of them. And I'm not talking about Tree Living. I'm talking about you, Brandon Shanahan. And I'm just like... It's it's just like it's really 
Someone, we're 100% going to get a comment on this episode of, you guys are so negative. Okay, cool. Like, you really watch this night in and night out and go, this team's going to push for a cup? Like, and even if they go and get a Chris Tanev, you, you still think that, like, if this team, they're more than likely they're going to probably, if they make the playoffs, they're probably going to either come third in the division or get a wild card spot. Which means you're playing either the Florida Panthers or the Boston Bruins in round one of the playoffs. Or you, the Rangers. Or the Rangers. You really think that this team, as currently constituted, is going to be able to to handle a seven-game series with the mind games of a of a Brad Marchand, a um, Matthew Kachuk, a Sam Bennett. Like, you really... This is why I've, I'm such a Max Domi fanboy. Like... He drops the he drops the mix and drops the mitts and gets absolutely pumped by Sam Bennett. But at least the guy's got the nuts to do that and push back and not skate away. I actually I feel bad. Both a fight he had against Vancouver and that fight, he's kind of gotten a raw deal on both of them. Like the the guy in Vancouver like pinned him up against the boards. He had no shot of throwing bombs, and then Bennett just decided to like ben, Bennett, keep him like, off yeah. his balance. Yeah. And it's like Bennett got a hold of him. Max Domi is a small guy. Yeah. Like you actually don't realize how small he is until he's in one of those situations. But yeah, like at least the guy's got a nutsack on him. Like we're, Jesus, we're literally sitting here acting like they're going to be in contention for the first overall pick, and they're six two and two in their last ten. I don't care though. It's that's this. That's what the season is all about. This is the how many weeks have we've talked about this? This is this whole season. This is what it is. It's I don't care about that. Yep. I care about what I what what actually matters. Exactly, and I think that's that doesn't matter. It matters to make the playoffs, yes. but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. That's the point that I'm trying to reiterate here, and that's why I keep, every time you and I go down one of these rabbit holes, I try and bring us back up to 10,000-foot view and why I keep reiterating to anyone who's watching, is I, you and I aren't going to get worked up about what's happening in the regular season, whether they go on a six-game winner or a six-game loser. I would actually wouldn't be that upset if they went on a six-game loser because then the chances of them getting rid of Sheldon Keefe go way up. Yeah. But whether they go on like a six game winner or a six game lo loser, it doesn't matter. It like I'm not worried about that. I am worried about the DNA of this team when it comes time to do what needs to be done in the playoff in the playoffs. And I still I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. No, I don't see it either. I hope the coach. Yeah, the coach has got to go. Yeah, and it, that's that's there's 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 a lot of things that need to happen with this franchise for it to move forward, and none of it's happening this year. To me, that's so, the only thing that you can do to yeah. really try and change the way that this team performs night in and night out is to get rid of Sheldon Keith. And then you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna go and hire the wrong guy, yeah. and it's <laughs> so well, you, you never mean, know. Whatever. That's that's hypothetical. Well, I, I want to end on a positive note. Okay, three things I think you need to feel good about. First and foremost, Joe Wall. Joe Wall has been spectacular. He has completely taken the number one job from Ilya Samsonov, and he's held them in games night in and night out. Yeah, like that Florida game. Like, they would have gotten pumped if he wasn't on that night. I think he is still, like, a, a not... He's on his way 
to being a bona fide number one NHLer. He's not quite there yet as he he continues to play and gains more experience. I see that I the tools and the talent are there. Number two, Morgan Riley. The guy has been sensational. Yeah. Even though he was a dash three against the Bruins, but doesn't matter. He's but yeah, still, he's the guy's log. What do you what was his ice time? Twenty seven minutes? Yeah, like the guy half an hour. The like, guy the guy out there for half the game. The guy plays like, yeah, he, like it's he ridiculous. Is, he has become a bona fide number one defenseman. Yeah, he's a dash three with yeah. twenty six minutes. Twenty six minutes. Yeah, he's, I mean whatever. But yeah, he's getting run ragged out there. He is, and he's a guy he's like play with TJ Brody, who's all, who has to be our number two defenseman. He's Great. Played, he's been excellent. Number three, Matthew Nice. Yeah, well, you're not as you're not as high on Matthew Nice. I like Matthew Nice as a player, but if the I, opportunity arose to get somebody who made a difference, I'd move him in a heartbeat. Well, you'd move him. Oh my god, that <laughs> might be the craziest thing you've ever said on this podcast. I would no, it's not like I want to move him, but like, I I would say if you had a, a this does not happen in the NHL. Like this only happens in baseball and other sports. But say the NHL was actually cool for a second. And trades actually happened during the season. If the Leafs had an opportunity to get a defenseman who could either replace or play right alongside Morgan Riley, who was actually good, I would trade Matthew Nyes for that. That's what I'm saying. With term. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, not a rental. But, like, I, I'm just, that's that's like my, my hypothetical. See, Matthew Nyes to me is the guy that I'd be most scared of trading because... Matthew Nye still makes mistakes out there because he's a rookie, but I see, this guy will be a bona fide top six forward for this oh, team yeah, for, for sure. years to come. Look, 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 look what uh, what's his face in LA is turned into. Trevor Moore. Trevor Moore. Like yeah. the guy's like a pretty decent hockey player. I like Matthew Nye's a lot. Like I'm not saying no. I, I don't know why I thought of that. I just to me, like I, I, I don't know what I expected from him in this season. See, see the guy that the guy that's going to get you that defenseman that you're looking for is Mitch Marner. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Matthew Nice. Or did William I say Nylander. that? Did I just say that? Ooh, well, let's I just. That? I mean, at the end of the day, one. If anything's ever going to change with this team, they got to move on from one of those guys. Yeah, and that's a that, whole that we're not getting into that. At the, like to me, I know we're not getting into that today, but we can come on here and talk about Ryan Reeves, Max Domi, fucking T.J. Brody, Morgan Riley, Matthew Nice, Nick Robertson. At the end of the day, nothing is ever going to change with this hockey team until they decide to move off from one of those guys. Well, and that's the well that brings us back to the conversation we had a few minutes ago, which is a team sort of inherits the identity of its best players. Yeah, and you and, 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 and one of them's got to go. Yeah, which is why I think I, I, Overdrive I was having an interesting conversation today with with Chris Johnson about if you get closer to the trade deadline. And William Nylander has not signed. Do you look at moving him there? Because, like, there's... O-Dog was basically saying, I am absolutely 1,000% not taking the risk of this guy getting to the offseason and walking for free. So if you get closer and closer to the trade deadline and you still haven't signed a deal, would you consider moving him? I think William Nylander... It's, it's tougher now because Nylander's... You know, he's cooled off a little bit, but he was having such a hot start to the season. I think not signing him this off season was kind of a decision of like, let's see where we're at later this season. Yeah. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, based off what I just said a minute ago, I think an argument could be made 
to not sign him. Like as much as it kind of sucks, and you'd want to, but, wanna, then, but you'd, then you'd have to trade him. Yeah, then you have to trade him. Obviously, yeah. you don't want him to walk, and I know cap space still means something. But yeah, no, like trade him, whatever. But in terms of just like signing him, period. Like I think an argument could be made that like why do you sign him? And I know you'd some people would pick him over Marner, and other people would pick Marner over him. You can't move Tavares, I don't think. Um, no, you can't. Yeah, and and you're not moving Matthews, so like. I think at the end of the day, if this team just suffers the same defeat and you think it's going to suffer the same defeat it has over the past seven years, then I think that's all the argument in the world to be like, we got to move off one of these guys because we just need something different in here. Yeah. They are great hockey players. They are really skilled. And when they're on, they are damn good. And you don't want to lose that as an NHL franchise. But like how how many more? Like this is this is getting this is turning into the whole definition of insanity thing like which is everybody's favorite fucking quote like that that's what this is it's like how many times are we to get get back on the ferris wheel because we've been going around non-stop like well i think with yeah i think the fear though like i somebody asked me the other day about about that and and why like could you see that why haven't they done something like that and why wouldn't they do something like that and i said you know like I do think this is just me talking here. This is this is Rob's opinion. I think Brendan Shanahan has insisted on running this back because Brendan Shanahan's afraid of taking two steps back. You think about remember this team before he got here. Could you imagine doing the Talking Buds Leaf show, covering a team that was ten points out of a playoff spot? It'd be brutal. And so I think with him, this is a good team. And not just Brendan Shanahan. I'm talking about MLSC is a business. This is a good team that competes and makes the playoffs every year. And I think that internally, there is a massive fear of moving off a Nylander and a Marner and or a Marner. And having that impact, this team being at the top of their division and qualifying for the playoffs every year and potentially missing the playoffs, which this year there's, there's a, like, I think they're going to make it. I would be shocked if they didn't, but they're, listen, like the East, their division, you brought it up last week and the Eastern conference as a whole, like everybody's bunched together. Like wins are at a premium. So it's a really long winded way of saying I do think I think that's part of the issue here, and I think that's why they keep running these guys back because they're like, what, like I don't, I don't think Brendan Shanahan and Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment wants to take a risk of putting a worse team out there and potentially missing the playoffs. No, I agree, and I'm afraid of that too. Why would I ever want to go back to what that was? But if you the, coming out of the the '05 lockout, like they were just kind of in a bad spot. Like for like the teams that dominated the league after that were all the teams that drafted. Sidney Crosby and Ovi, like it's whatever. But at the same, but if their window is Austin Matthews, and as long as you have him here, and you don't have to get rid of everybody, no. Like Tavares is going to come off the books eventually. You're going to have either Marner or Nylander there, but like it. Do you really? At this point, we know that four doesn't work. So let's yeah. take one, do what we have to do with it. To try to get something else in here. As long as they're going to get any worse. As long as they have these top players. Like, I feel like they're always going to be sniffing around. Well, and it, it would change the dynamic of their team if you were able to go and get another elite defenseman. That would really... Yeah. And, and you've got Joe Wall on the cheap for 
How many more years do they have Joe Wall on the cheap? You have Joe Wall on the cheap for next year as well. So you've got, and then he's an RFA. So, like, you've got some runway here with Joe Wall to try and change the the DNA of your team. You know, at, at some point, you have, like, I understand the being competitive. That's how I feel about, like, the Blue Jays, personally. Like, I want the Blue Jays just to be competitive because I think being an American part of American league is kind of more challenging, but with the Leafs, it's like, come on here. Like we're going on year eight. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't work. Mediocrity is making me less interested at this point. And a lot of people, a yeah, lot like, to a me, lot of like I am less interested in this team this year than I've been over the past eight years because it's the same shit. It's just why we're come on here every week. And we're kind of just basically repeating ourselves like a couple fucking idiots because it's just like, okay, cool. They went out and, beat Florida and came back. Like, I don't care. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's hard to start. It's hard to dissect the day to day with this team because we just know what the end game is. Yes. That, and that is why you and I have a really hard time and have been having a really hard time on these episodes to get in the weeds and go kind of game to game here. Because like I've said three or four times now, we're looking at the big picture, which is the spring. All right. And we will continue to do that multiple times a week yeah. for <laughs> until the spring gets here. Yeah. So, now, you know what? We'll we'll do we'll try to do better next time. Next time, let's try to stray from this conversation, and we'll try to dissect more of the game to game shit. Oh, I think we like I said, I we did okay with that today. Like I went on my rant about Sheldon off the top and his distribution of ice time, and him sticking David fucking Camp out there to start. OT like a like man they, they invent if you look up the term galaxy brain online there's Sheldon's face behind the bench just I have no idea what goes through that guy's head it makes no sense to anybody too it no ever like, I've like, not like, met, like, like, have you have you heard one person be like that's a great move no it's it's stupid it's stupid yeah it's it's the, all this guy does is overthink and get out coached he's a he's a professional at that yeah all right, we're gonna get out of here. You got me wound up. As soon as you bring Sheldon Keefe up again, I just my my I'm like a bull that sees red. I it's told you like, in the off season, the biggest mistake they made was bringing that guy back. Yeah, hundred percent. Biggest mistake they yeah, made. Yeah, hundred percent. So dumb. Yep. And now they're at a point where like now it, we gotta fire him mid season and 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 then scramble probably promote Guy Boucher because that's the easiest thing you can do. That's not and the scram- right move. No, it's not. And then scramble to to find somebody. To come in here and replace him, but that's a whole other episode. That'll be we'll next see, week. Yeah, we'll see if that. I don't episode see, I don't see much happening. changing. Thanks so much for checking us out, everybody. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Huge thank you to all of our new subscribers. Our last episode did really, really well. Tons of engagement, tons of comments. We love each and every one of them. Like I said, even if you want to call us pigeons. If you liked last episode, you're probably going to like this, this one. Episode. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they're pretty true. fucking similar. It's true. It's there, true. There's not a lot of difference between the two of them. So hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. Leave a little review. Every little bit helps. We'll catch you guys next time.